on a regular basis to you meeting with us. You call these meetings, Father. You ordain that we uh, come here in your presence and hear what you have to say. So I thank you, Lord, for giving me the words that you want me to say and sharing the things you want me to share, encouraging your people in you today. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. So we're going to talk today about the fact that revival is coming amen revival is coming and uh, we uh, don't have to doubt that because it's been uh, spoken prophetically in so many different ways so I thought I would share some of the things that I've been getting from God recently and uh, understanding what's going on what the spirit is saying uh, to the church of the living God we are living in prophetic times uh, and I think it's important for us to understand the times in which we are living Uh, God is always wanting to add to the church and I think sometimes we forget that because we sometimes will judge it on the basis of how many people we come in contact that we get a chance to share the gospel with I know sometimes I think to myself God it's been so long since I even had an opportunity to speak to somebody I mean outside of church people to speak to anybody about you and then we think that's our fault uh, because maybe we don't pray enough we don't believe enough we don't ask God to you know put us in the path of of people etc etc so we can always uh, find a reason to condemn ourselves but I think it's best to understand the times in which we live the things that God is doing what he's speaking and what he's saying because Jesus is still head of the church it's not anybody you like and you know on television Uh, it's not your local pastor it's not anybody but the Lord Jesus Christ and I think that if we will listen to him and stay attentive to his voice and stay in sync and in line with what God is doing in the earth that will give us joy and give us contentment and and cause us to peace out and not be so wound up about uh, what's coming when it's coming what happens when the church starts to get ahead of God behind God we don't let Jesus reign as head of the church we'll start to try and, and figure out what the church needs to do to get stuff going and I think that's probably the worst thing that we can do because that has caused people to manufacture false moves of God it's caused people to manufacture answers uh, that are not there it's caused us to do many many things that aren't expedient and don't get the job done and then it'll cause fallout where people will say well the reason uh, the reason we don't have more souls one is because and they'll start to get critical of the body of Christ and you are criticizing the Lord when you do that and I don't think people are aware of that because you, it's so common to hear well the church needs to pray more and the reason that we don't have a move of God is because the church needs to do that as though we're in charge of things and it's so common you hear it all the time people get bored they don't have anything profound to say and then they'll start picking at themselves see when you criticize the Lord's body you really criticize yourself 
you know uh, I can remember many years ago uh, 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 Pastor Shirley's kids would say oh um, mama daddy mad at you my daddy they, they, she said do you realize if he mad at, at me she said no they would say daddy gonna run away and leave you she said if he leave me he leaving you too are you crazy <laughs> you know <laughs> it was so funny <laughs> you know she would just bring them back into you know cut that out you know when, when you pick it on me we're all a body we're a family what hurts one hurts the other that was the whole point of it and so uh but you know how kids are they always want to start you know getting smart and all that kind of stuff but she'll she'd knock them back into shape real quick you know so and it's good to stay sober in your thinking you know uh don't get excited about finding problems because if it is a problem and it's affecting the church you're a part of the church too you know don't levy criticism against you know why should the hand say to the eye i have no need of you you know pick the body apart allow the body to stay intact so we can move forward as a body we can get the work of the ministry done you know instead of criticizing get in your word more find out how to make your ministry more powerful if you got one and if you don't have one get on your face before God until he shows you what you're supposed to be doing so there's always constructive things that we can do to build our faith and and stay on the ready for God this is a a race of endurance it's not the sprinter who can jump out ahead of the pack and uh you know and 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 just kind of wait around and see who shows up this is about enduring to the end it's it's easy to serve god on a short term i've seen it happen over the years but it's it's i'll i'll see people i'll I'll see them on facebook and they're exalting the lord i say still serving god i am too you know it's been 20 30 years sometimes that you see people continuing to serve god and that's what it's all about it's about the endurance it's about staying faithful to god just like it would be in a marriage you know anybody can stay married for three days (laughs) till you wake up and look at each other what you really look like you know what I'm saying or they start leaving their dirty clothes around or sitting around and you know being your basic lump of clay doing nothing you know you just got like oh boy and so uh, but to look at that and smile and say oh that's my man that's my man that's my boobs my squish boo and you know seriously i mean whatever age you're from you know there's a word for for all of it so (laughs) so that's what what god's looking for people who can stay committed over the long haul Uh, you know where everybody else wants to fall out with somebody you're still in there you're still serving God you're still doing what God expects out of you and you're doing it with joy and contentment and so that's what God's looking for for that kind of relationship so I, I was going over some things this week it just seems that more prophetic things are coming to me uh, as a result of of my feeling, you know, just petitioning God uh, and and trying to feed a hunger that I have for for things, spiritual things, and um, uh, in in response to that, God has brought me to reflect on some things that He's told me. 
about the church. Uh, some things that um, I hold in my heart from from the beginning of this ministry, from really the beginning of, of my understanding what a call of God was. And so I've been, uh, those things have come to be revived on the inside of me along with um, uh, some prophecies that God has given us uh, as a body and as a ministry <clears throat> and as a ministry that uh, is committed to intercession and, and watchful intercession and prayer um, so and prophetic intercession and so all kinds of prayer and, and so I, I thought I would just put it together as best I could and get an understanding so we have a, another platform in our foundation uh, going forward as to what God is, is going to do and what he's expecting us to do so if we start in the book of Acts in chapter 1 we see Jesus' last week words so this is kind of after the resurrection so I'm like if tomorrow's Sunday I'm on Monday already okay or 40 days past Monday or somewhere at Pentecost anyway and in Acts chapter 1 uh, the Apostle Paul is writing this book and he says in my uh, not Paul this is um, uh, who is Luke the physician he wrote Acts right he says in my former book Theophilus I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen after his suffering he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God on one occasion while he was eating with them he gave them this command do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about so he's talking about the Holy Spirit for John baptized with water but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit then they gathered around him and asked him Lord are you going at this time to restore the kingdom of Israel he said to them it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you in other words what he's telling them is that you need this baptism in the Holy Spirit in a big way because y'all keep thinking I'm talking about your little world who's going to sit at my right hand who's going to sit on my left see if it's one thing the baptism of the Holy Spirit does for you it expands your vision of your place in the world it's not about you and your little household and whether you're going to be rich or whether you're going to be important or whether you're going to be influential or whether you're going to uh, have Caesar bowing down to you for a change or any of that nonsense but this has to do with you as a member of a worldwide kingdom and it takes you out of it expands your understanding of who you are like a thousand fold you begin to see yourself as a person of influence spiritually speaking to impact the whole world so you get you get uh, uh, this mentality like you know you'll see sometimes people who belong to certain churches think that because it's the church in the city that makes them somebody they don't have a kingdom worldview 
they just see themselves as important because in their little their little neck of the woods this is the biggest thing going and they got to be a part of it when you see yourself as far as the way God sees you as a member of his body and as an ambassador for his kingdom all of that falls off of you you are not limited to advancing your whatever it is you know whatever whoever t-shirt you wear and you know what you call yourself and all that you're not advancing just you you're advancing God's agenda and God's no respecter persons he doesn't love you because you got the church in the city and love you anymore and he loves somebody else there's so many people who see themselves you know you'll you'll see what the revival's going to hit here it's going to hit here and everybody's fighting over it like isn't it for everybody and whatever he's doing is for everybody it's not just for your little spot here and I got news for you there have been revival outbreaks in almost every major city in every region in this nation they come and they go our job as watchmen is to make sure they come and stay we don't want the come and go anymore we want the come and the stay and so many times where God decides to manifest his glory has nothing to do with the staying power of the people who are assembled there this is God does things after the counsel of his own will if we will be faithful and pray for him to initiate things he'll get them started but then there's the prayer that has to keep it going and it has to keep it pure it has to keep it this it has, and that takes dedication to understand what it is that you're called to do many times people who are given over to prayer don't really care how long they pray how much they pray what they pray for and how long it takes they're just given over to that uh, spirit like Jesus forever lives to make intercession for us and I feel like that's what we can all live for if we just tap into that part of his spirit where we live to make intercession and we don't quit praying we don't faint on the job we don't stop we don't say well you know I, I used to pray oh yeah we used to get together and we had a great prayer no we still do that you don't start and stop a job for God and that's why uh, revivals peter out because people quit praying or they get caught up in oh where you hear everybody's coming here for this they're coming here for that they're coming here you know they had some uh, outpours in Florida uh, they had Toronto for a minute they had all of these things they have for a brief period of time now people are trying to go in in Spokane Washington where uh, uh, John G Lake's healing rooms they found the building and opened the healing rooms well that's not going to get people healed I mean you know I mean I think it's okay if God told you to do it but you see I see these as as hungers that are legitimate but there are men are trying to feed their own spiritual hunger you can't do that you've got to let God show you what what you're hungry for you've got to let him provide uh, what that is that you need and you have to be patient to let him provide it and provide it as he desires you know you may 
say pray it in and, and maybe you'll be the one to administer over it but you may not be uh, so you just have to do your part understand your part and be content and be thankful joyful and happy doing your part amen so so it's, it's a good thing so Jesus they ask him these carnal questions they still think the kingdom is the natural place and he's trying to say the Holy Spirit is is the kingdom he reveals it to you he helps people to enter in he shows you your place in the spirit he's going to organize and manifest everything that my kingdom is and promises and so he said it's not for verse 7 it's not for you to know the times or the dates that the father is set by his own authority but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth or to the ends of the earth. So he's singing, your world view is going to change. Your understanding of who you are on earth is going to change. It, the kingdom isn't coming to you for your personal desires. The kingdom is coming to you because it's bigger than you are and it's going to cause you to affect the world. And so he says and after he said this he was taken up from their eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. And they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee they said why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus man, the same one who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So we know in, in one of the epistles I think it's First or Second Thessalonians it tells you how the Lord will come back. He will descend with a shout and the voice of the, the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ will rise first and you who are alive and remain will be caught up forever to meet the Lord in the air. And so we know that Jesus is coming back because he promised it right here second thessalonians he confirms it again and so we see the church being organized here under the direction of the holy spirit the holy spirit administers the church of the living god so the apostles go back to jerusalem they begin waiting on god and how many of you know some people don't know how to wait very long so the number dwindles from over 500 people to about 120 at the day of Pentecost when it was fully come it looks as though uh, Jesus was 40 days on earth and then taken up into heaven and just three days I mean 10 days later the Holy Spirit came so he said not many days hence some people can't even wait not many days let alone many years many months many anything and so it's good to stay in that place of anticipation I believe that God shows uh, responds to people who wait in faith so the people who were discouraged you know like uh, John and his kids maybe came three days and they said well you know we I'm gonna go to work and I'll be back on Saturday and never show up see what I'm saying and that's how people drop out of service to God and, and don't and they miss the day of their visitation because they can't recognize what's visitation 
Many times people are looking for what their carnal minds tell them and what their flesh can appreciate. And so when when your flesh and your carnality is engaged, you'll miss God every time. If you don't stay connected by the spirit, you won't be able to appreciate spiritual things when they happen. And see, many Christians think they're spiritual people. But when God shows up, this is what separates the girls from the boys, the men from the carnal, from the, from the spiritual, is when God really shows up. And it's a stumbling block many times to many people. They stumble because they're looking for one thing. Or your mind will train you to look for certain things to come a certain way. And when it it doesn't please your carnal mind that it's coming. Or it may cause you to question what you've thought in the past. Then that's when people stumble. Over stumbling blocks. And there are lots of them out now. I see many stumbling stones for people uh, that they are stumbling over. And you kind of have to look back and say, now wait a minute God. You said so and so and such and such and this and that. And I remember you said it and that was confirmed. Why is it that half of your church thinks that this isn't you right here and the other half thinks it is? Well, because God's separating them out, just like he did at the day of Pentecost. When there's a an outpour of the Spirit coming, you better believe half the church is going to miss it. The Bible says that there were ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. Didn't we have that at a prophecy at Rejoice Detroit recently? That's telling you there's coming a split. There's coming a division. And God is separating out people depending upon what they focus on. Proverbs 4 says, my son, attend to my word. Pay attention to my word. Not just the Bible. My prophetic word. We, we like a prophecy when it says we're going to get something. <laughs> but we don't like it when it challenges our, say, our political beliefs. Our, our beliefs about what uh, a decent ministry is. What legitimate ministry is. Many people are looking at at uh, their favorite TV preacher and wondering what's happening or what happened to him. Many people separated from him long ago because they could see it was going off the rails. And now they're looking and, and deciding, oh, okay, God, you're not over there anymore. You've moved over here. But see, if we get ourselves focused on we like it here, because everybody talks about this preacher and everybody talks about this message, and it seems like it's the right thing. See, sometimes you can you can stay at the dinner table too long. You know how when you first sit down at dinner and you anticipate a nice dinner and the table set up real nice and everything's looking real. But if you sit there past where everybody ate and now you look down and that's garbage. That was exciting a minute ago but right now you got trash and all you got, all it's good for is to put it over into the garbage can. But you're sitting there like you're having a good time in the midst of leftover refuse and whatever's left on the table. You got me? I remember the old days where people smoked a lot. 
and they smoked after dinner. That was a common thing to do. And sometimes, you know, people would put in the, you know, give me an ashtray. If you didn't have an ashtray, you put the, the cigarette butt out into the glass and all this kind of, it was a mess and it stunk. Well, 30 minutes ago, that was a perfectly set up table and you were dining and you had a good meal. But you stayed at the table too long. Do you, are you all hearing me? And this is what happens with moves of God. And with messages. And with things that people get popular and famous for. That meal is provided to feed a spiritual hunger. And it is possible to stay at that table too long. And that doesn't feed you anymore. It's like the word of faith movement. It's not feeding people like it did when it first was, was fresh in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. In the 90s, most people should have gotten hungry again because that course of the meal was over. But you still got people who live and die by the word of faith and by the word of faith preachers. Not that they're not good. There are people coming who haven't heard that message that need to hear it. But if you've heard it and you've incorporated it now into your life in God, the next course of the meal is what you need to be feasting on. And that's where people get stuck. The prophetic move of the Spirit started, frankly, around the late 80s, mid-80s, I would say, to early 90s. And prophets began to get revelation, to get understanding, to exercise their gift. That's when the uh, charismatic church services would have the little mandatory holy hush after praise and worship. You know, you had your 30 minutes of praise and worship. And it would get real quiet. And that's when somebody was supposed to hear from God and say something. And that was beginning of prophecy in the church. We now know that the mandatory holy hush is manufactured many times because sometimes there's nobody there to hear from God to get a decent message. In which case we need to skip that part so you don't get into trouble with God and keep it moving. You got me? But there is place for the body of Christ to learn, to get trained, to get understanding. But when you go to judge that, don't call it prophecy if it's not. You know what I'm saying? It's just, just come on, y'all. Let's move on. Let's get the real. See? We've been dining off things that don't really edify us and trying to feel satisfied with them and lying to ourselves that they were satisfying. But they're not what God wants us to dine on. So after the prophetic, so we are still in the prophetic move, which was overlapped with the apostolic move. And that's why you see everybody on Facebook is an apostle or a prophet. You got me? It's not good enough to be a pastor. We don't have any more pastors because they've all elevated themselves, so to speak, to another office. And so there's a lot of confusion, which God allows because you, you and I need to learn how to hear from him and discern and let him help us judge what we hear and what's going on. You need to grow up. Part of growing up is understanding right and wrong, good and bad, God and not. What's coming from God and what's not coming from God. And so as the prophetic move progresses, we see many people in the word of faith movement refusing to embrace the prophetic. And that's where that movement peters out and frankly kind of loses steam 
That's why confession is dry. People don't even believe in, in confessing the word anymore. You know, we start rebuking each other with the word and acting like we knew what was going on. Just, eh, that's not working. You know what I'm saying? It's not because you need an anointing to make it powerful. You can confess the word all you want to, but if God's not anointing it and making it manifest, it's not going to do anything. So you need another anointing to add on top of that one so it'll go forward. So that's how moves of God are. They release what God sees the church needs. And if we'll embrace it, then we'll get the results of God. But if we don't embrace it, we'll be stuck with a dry confession that really doesn't move us too much uh, farther because it's not, it doesn't have the power to get the job done. And so that's where many people get stuck with things. They get bored with things. And, you know, I've been praying for such a long time and this hasn't happened. No, you need power on what you're saying. And it needs to develop in you to the point of power so that you can re- release it and it will do what it, it's supposed to do. So you'll see in the early church, because it had the full power of the fivefold, that's what kept that thing going to the power it did. So that's an essential aspect of revival. Is the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher are free to minister and they don't get locked out by infighting, intimidation, who's in charge, who's going to be. That's the first thing that, that causes the Holy Spirit to go is strife among men. He won't tolerate it because he can't. He's not in charge then. You're fighting over who's going to be the big deal. And many people have been instrumental and prayed and asked God to send them uh, um, messages and so forth. And God starts to pour out his spirit. And then they want to have a big meeting and they invite somebody in that's got money. And that's the mistake number one. If God gives you something, he'll finance it. You don't need to call in somebody's ministry because they got a big name, they got money, you think they can help you. Um, uh, teen mania. Remember Rod, Ron Luce that had that, that uh, it was a very, very powerful ministry. Uh, they went bankrupt a few years ago. They were struggling for a while. Teen Mania was where he would, Ron Luce would come out and stir up young people to be soul winners. And they would send out messages to invitations to different churches. They would have local people organizing local meetings. They had them in big venues where they'd have a bunch of young people come in. They'd have worship that was geared to them and you know all this great stuff. And, and for many years it was very powerful in impacting young people all around the world really and they began to struggle probably about 10-15 years ago struggle financially and they called in a big name minister that I will not mention their name uh, this person is uh, has millions and millions of dollars you know God's blessed them with through their efforts selling books and you know preaching they're on television all this stuff that person, now this was revealed by somebody who worked as an administrator in Teen Mania. That person that they called in demanded so much money from them up front to come 
all this, all that, all the other. Uh, see, if God sends you help, the help won't cripple you. The help won't bankrupt you um, and steal from you. And so instead of lending their support to help this ministry to get back on their feet, uh, they just came in with a lot of demands. And by the time those demands were met, the money really dried up. And so if God's not uh, pleased with something you do, he will let you know. And uh, so Teen Mania finally had to close their doors and they don't do those meetings anymore. So we have to, and I say that just to let you know how delicate these moves of God are. In that when they start, they have to stay focused. I believe there must be vision to make these things, to get them started, to keep them on track. I think people who can hear the vision, if the vision's made plain, people who hear it can run with it and they can understand what to do uh, because the vision comes from God and it will uh, overlap with or complement something that you've heard from God in the past that you have in your belief system as far as what you know God wants to do it will fit so when we talk about being the body of Christ we're fitting together the Bible says we are joints and bands fitly joined together like the muscles and the the nerves and the tendons and all of that the bones of a body so we are fitting together as pieces I won't say of a puzzle but it's similar to that we interlock so that we make a whole picture and we have a picture of what God is doing and what he's doing has to be biblical so it has to line up with what's already in the Bible so what most people who study revival do is they look at different moves of God and the last move of God we have in the Bible recorded is in the book of Acts and the subsequent epistles you know where the apostle Paul begins to uh, govern the churches and, and understand what they need etc etc and uh, as the main writer of the New Testament we see him having probably the most successful ministry in God and he's a good person to study as far as understanding these things so the book of Acts begins with Jesus ascension into heaven and what happened with the people who are assembled there who are left to wait from the power from on high we see that power released in the second chapter of the book of Acts and this was the result of the power if you look in Acts chapter 2 and verse 40 Peter is preaching to a group of people that are just assembled there in Jerusalem where the Spirit of God begins to pour out. The Spirit of God will pour out his power on our words. God will give you message, preaching, whatever it is that the Spirit of God tells you that crowd needs to know that's what comes out so the preaching in different revivals has varied but it has always been to make people have an encounter with a holy God to take a sinful people and bring them face to face with a holy God where they can confront their sin 
repent of their sin and receive God's holiness that's what revival really is it's not what you call quote unquote soul winning but it is good confronting evil truth confronting lies sin confronting righteousness all that kind of stuff there's a confrontation there and righteousness wins See, this isn't where people get to resist God and say, uh, I'm, I'm satisfied with my life. It's that people are drawn there because of a hunger they have for holiness on the inside of them. And so Peter replied, I'll go to verse 38. People heard this. Uh, Peter preaches about Christ. And that's the main thing about revival. Christ is preached. The cross is preached. Man's sin is preached. And and their sin is pointed out to them. I've never seen a revival where sin wasn't on the table to be preached about. But you see a lot of the preaching now. TV preaching is sinless preaching. Nobody talks about it. Okay, you can sit there and watch it forever. And nobody addresses the problem of sin. They just all, you know, oh, God loves you and, you know, he'll bless you and just, just confess the word, believe this, send me some money, whatever. The conditions are never repent for the spirit, the, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so absent that, there is no kingdom. There is no repentance. There is no born again. There is no, and the Holy Spirit's not pleased. He says, so... Uh, Peter has preached Christ. He talked about who Christ was. He took them from the history of Israel. He gave a short history of the nation of Israel. Uh, Verse 36. Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this they were cut to the heart. Means they came under conviction. You killed this man. And that was your 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 king. And the apostles and Peter and the other apostles, they asked him, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter said, Repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. Every one of you in the name of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He didn't come into people who don't repent. Promises for you and your children, for all who are far off, whomever the Lord will call. This is for everybody. And with many other words, he warned them. That's revival preaching, folks. It's not the happy thing. Oh, God loves you and just hang in there. He's coming for you. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and were about 3,000 souls in one day. See, people come in when they have something to come into. <laughs> they come in when the preaching's right. You can't soft pedal repentance. You know, you say that word in a, 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 a group of so-called believers and half of them get mad at you. You know, people don't want to, I don't care who it is. We think once we've been saved for, for enough period of time, we don't need to do the basics anymore. But you need to do them even more if you're going to stay saved. So, <clears throat> under this system, the Lord adds daily to their number. And when God starts adding people, nobody can criticize it. Everybody's awestruck. They're they're uh, oh wow I never saw it on this fashion that's when Jesus steps in and starts to work so 
if we're living the way we're living now as a church where did the power go where did the power go I think the power leaves when prayer leaves whatever prayer returns power returns (laughs) that's why God will raise up people just called to pray see I don't quit this ministry even though our numbers are small because I know we're doing what God called us to do if I ever thought we weren't doing it it would be really tough but what keeps me going is as if a handful of people show up to pray, that's who we have. But we going to pray. You understand? <laughs> I know what we're called to do. So it doesn't bother me. Yes, I would like to see empty seats filled up. And yes, I would like to see people. But I can't do it beyond what God wants to do. And yes, we'll go out and tell people about the Lord. Yes, we'll call people in. But you can't make people be faithful. And you can't make them be committed. That has to come from God. So historically the church scatters due to persecution but persecution also will make it come back together again. Amen. So the same thing that scatters will gather. When when persecution gets gets to the point where it forces people to their knees and it forces people to pray for those who are being persecuted that same thing that caused the early church to dispute disperse and disband they were scattered all over the world and that scattering was supposed to cause the gospel to be heard all over the world but after a while the gospel got silent it got silent because people started to love their lives more than they loved the life that God gave them so when you see the church increasing and proliferating it's because people care not about themselves they just care about what God is doing and they'll no price is too high to pay like we hear those testimonies in the, about the persecuted church where those people will, will be in a dark room with light and they'll go they'll be arrested be tortured and go right back and start doing the same thing over again saying that they are honored to suffer with Christ for their faith you hear that all the time with persecuted people because they know what's important see they know they live in that place where they know what's important persecution causes the church to seek God earnestly seek him earnestly so I'm going to go over some prophecies that I've collected that I believe they're relevant all the time but I think God starts to point me in the direction more of them now you all have heard this one once before continue to listen because if you don't have a copy of it like on your tablet or somewhere where you can get to it and refresh yourselves in it then it will read like new stuff to you and you can go online and get these and I encourage you to do it because then that way you won't stumble at the stumbling block because they are out there stumbling blocks represent things that we love that we don't like to let go of even when God says I'm not there I'm over here it's always some personal preference thing that we don't like to part with that will cause us to say uh, God couldn't be doing that because that doesn't line up with my little personal preference thing that I like to have all the time 
And so we have to you have to guard yourself against those things. You really do have to guard against them, and and understand where God is and what He's doing, who He's working through, and pray for God's plan to be successful. That's what you want. You want God's plan to be successful. And so uh, this is the Tommy Hicks end time vision. I think you've heard this before. I remember uh, preaching from this. Um, it was in the conference. I think we we're still in embassy suites. At the time, God had me preach on secretariat. I kept thinking about the book, and I had the book on my tablet and watched the movie two times. He had me sit there and take notes the whole time. And so I kind of didn't understand it for a minute, and then he began to tie it all together. But I think that was in 20. 2009 maybe 2010 something like that but that's been a while back so you can still get that teaching on tape if you want to bring yourself up to where we are now I encourage you to do it that'll feed you more than trying to confess for something you understand what I'm saying because these things are imminent and I believe God's true to his word he says in in Amos he says believe his prophets and prosper so you can't ignore what prophets the true prophets are now there's false of everything out there I'm not talking about I suppose they are not you'll know on the inside of you you need to learn how to ask the Holy Spirit to show you what's God and what's not God and let's grow up here and, and quit being babies about everything because there is a move of God coming you want to be on the right side of it you won't you don't want to be out there fighting what God does you don't want to be there and it's my job to inform you when these things happen as a prophet of God I have to let you know what's coming and let you keep you prepared for it because I believe you've you've stood with God all this time so you don't miss what's coming you want to be a part of what God's doing you don't want to miss it so this is says the vision of the body of Christ and the end time ministries. My message begins July 25th about 2.30 in the morning at Winnipeg, Canada. Now Tommy Hicks was a preacher, an evangelist. There was a, a powerful revival in Argentina in 1954. Some of you weren't even born yet. First, Most of you weren't. And if you want to believe me, I wasn't either. I was, I was probably around, but not born. <laughs> no, okay, I was here, all right. I didn't hear about the revival, though. But anyway, anywho, we move on. Uh, but anyway, that God gave this to him on July 25th, 1961. I know y'all wasn't here then either. Whatever. I don't care. What are you grinning about, Ms. Water? Just barely. He was here somewhere. I don't know. But anyway. He says, I was so stirred and so moved by the revelation that this has changed my complete outlook upon the body of Christ. And that's what you need to understand about prophetic revelation. You see it and it's real. It will change you. You will learn how to pick up what's true and leave what's false. The greatest thing that the church of Jesus Christ has ever been given lies straight ahead. The greatest, we always say, the best is yet to come. The the glory of the latter will be greater than that of the former. So we believe the word of God. You believe that this must be coming something greater than what we saw in in the book of Acts. 
The greatest thing that the church of Jesus Christ has ever been given lies straight ahead. It is so hard to help men and women to realize and understand the thing that God is trying to give his people in the end times. So this is a challenge for the preacher. Because most people are trying to receive it in their heads. It's got to be a heart thing. It's got to get settled in your heart. It has to be in you somewhere. And it fits like a puzzle piece. It's got to lock in there. He says, I received a letter several weeks ago from one of our native evangelists down in Africa. Down in Nairobi. This man and his wife were on their way to Tanganyika. They could neither read nor could they write. But we had been supporting them for over two Two years as they entered into the territory of Tanganyika they came across a small village the entire village was evacuated because of a plague that had hit the village he came across natives that were weeping and he asked them what was wrong they told him of their mother and father who had suddenly died and that they had been dead for three days they had to leave they were afraid to go in they were leaving them in the cottage he turned and asked them where they were they pointed to the hut and he asked them to go in with him but they refused they were afraid to go the native and his wife went to this little cottage and entered in where the man and woman had been dead for three days he simply stretched forth his hand in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and spoke to the man spoke the man's name and the woman's name and said in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I command life to come back to your bodies instantaneously these two heathen people who had never known Jesus Christ as their savior sat up and immediately began to praise God the spirit and the power of God came into the life of those people to us that may seem strange seems strange and a phenomenon but that is the beginnings of these end time ministries God is going to take the do nothings is that you the nobodies is that you the unheard of is that you the no accounts is that you that's me he's going to take every man and every woman and he is going to give to them this outpouring of the spirit of God he's talking about this outpouring there are different degrees of anointing that come in different outpourings of the Spirit of God. We know that from what we can look back in history and see what came in different moves, etc., etc. There's coming a different outpouring. It's not going to be a repeat of Azusa. So I don't know why people keep trying to go back and revisit and call something Azusa again. It's okay, but it's you got to pay the price for it. you got to pray for this stuff. There's no two ways about it. In the book of Acts we read that in the last days God said I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. I wonder if we realize what he meant when God said I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I do not think I fully realized nor could I understand the fullness of it. And then I read from the book of Joel. Be glad then you children of Zion and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain moderately. He will cause to come down for you the rain, the former and the latter rain together. So Joel kind of dovetails with Amos. In that Amos is providing seed, Joel's providing the rain, former and the latter together. Former came to 
moistened the soil to receive the seed, the latter came to cause the growth and the harvest to come. So God is saying he's putting these two together so that the seed you sow is getting watered at the same time that the harvest watering is coming. And so God is accelerating again in Joel chapter 2.23. It is not only going to be the rain, the former rain and the latter rain, but it is going to give, but he is going to give to his people in this last days a double portion of the power of God. As the vision appeared to me after I was asleep, I suddenly found myself in a great high distance. Where I was, I do not know, but I was looking down upon the earth. Suddenly, the whole earth came into my view. Every nation, every kindred, every tongue came before my sight. From the east and the west, the north and the south, I recognized every country and many cities that I had been in. And I was almost in fear and trembling as I beheld a great sight before me. And that at that moment when the world came into view, it began to lightning and thunder. As the lightning flashed over the face of the earth, my eyes went downward. And I was facing the north. Suddenly I beheld what looked like a great giant. And as I stared and looked at it, I was almost bewildered by the sight. It was so gigantic and so great. His face seemed, his feet seemed to reach to the north pole and his head to the south. His arms were stretched from sea to sea. I could not even begin to understand whether this be a mountain or this be a giant. But as I watched, I suddenly beheld a great giant. I could see his head was struggling for life. He wanted to live, but his body was covered with debris from head to foot. And at times, this great giant would move his body and act as though it would even raise up at times. And when it did, thousands of little creatures seemed to run away hideous creatures would run away from this giant and when he would be calm they would come back all of a sudden this great giant lifted his hand toward heaven and then it lifted its other hand and when it did these creatures by the thousands seemed to flee away from this giant and go into the darkness of the night slowly this great giant began to rise and as he did his head and his hands went into the clouds As he rose to his feet, he seemed to have cleansed himself from the debris and filth that was upon him. And he began to raise his hands to heaven as though praising the Lord. As he raised his hands, they went into the clouds. Suddenly, every cloud became silver, the most beautiful silver I've ever known. As I watched watched this phenomenon, it was so great, I could not even begin to understand what it all meant. Now, the Bible says, creation groans for the manifestation of the sons of God. When we start to rise up as sons, obedient to the Father, obedient to his will, imitating God as dear children, and manifest that. It says, I was so stirred as I watched it and I cried to the Lord and said, O Lord, what is the meaning of this? 
and I felt as if I was actually in the spirit and I could feel the presence of the Lord even as I was asleep and from those clouds suddenly there came great drops of liquid light raining down upon this mighty giant and slowly slowly this giant began to melt began to sink itself into the very earth itself and as it melted his whole form seemed to have melted down upon the face of the earth and this great rain began to come down liquid drops of light began to flood the very earth itself and as I watched this giant that seemed to melt suddenly it became millions of people over the face of the earth as I beheld the sight before me people stood up all over the world they were lifting their hands and they were praising God at that very moment they came a great thunder that seemed to roar from the heavens it turned my eyes toward the heavens and suddenly I saw a figure in white and glistening white the most glorious thing I've ever seen in my entire life I did not see the face but somehow I knew it was the Lord Jesus Christ and he stretched forth his hand as he did he would stretch it forth to one to the other and to another and as he stretched forth his hand upon the nations and the people of the world men and women he pointed toward them this mighty liquid light seemed to flow from his hands onto them and the mighty anointing of God came upon them and those people began to go forth in the name of the Lord I do not know how long I watched it seemed that it went into days and weeks and months and I beheld this Christ as he continued to stretch forth his hand but there was a tragedy there were many people as he was stretching forth his hand that refused the anointing of God and the call of God that's why it's so important to listen with the hearing of God and don't stumble at the stumbling stone don't love anything so much you can't let go of it if God tells you you need to for his sake always receive more power don't shy away from the power of God Says uh, he said I saw men and women that I knew people that I felt would certainly receive the call of God but as he stretched forth his hand toward this one and toward that one they simply bowed their head and began to back away love their lives more than they love Christ and as each of those seemed to bow and back away seemed to go into darkness blackness seemed to swallow them everywhere I was bewildered as I watched it but these people that he had anointed hundreds of thousands of people all over the world in Africa England Russia China America all over the world the anointing of God was upon these people as they went forward in the name of the Lord I saw these men and women as they went forth they were ditch diggers washerwomen rich men poor men I saw people who were bound with paralysis and sickness and blindness and deafness as the Lord stretched forth to give them his anointing they became well they became healed and they went forth so see the way to stay healed is to let God use you just work for God you get something of God in you that you know he wants you to do he'll make you well it's not a problem he's not going to make people well to go gallivant and do what they want to do though it's got to be purpose to your life 
And this is the miracle of it. This is the glorious miracle of it. Those people would stretch forth their hands exactly as the Lord did. And it seemed as if this were some liquid fire in their hands. As they stretched forth their hands. They, as their hands, as they stretched forth their hands, they said, "According to my word, be you made whole." As these people continue in this mighty end time ministry, I did not fully realize what it was. And as I looked to the Lord and said, "What is the meaning of this?" He said, "This is that." Man, you heard that before. Always ask God to interpret. Don't ever assume you know what's going on. This is that which I will do in the last days. I will restore all that the canker worm, palmer worm, and caterpillar. I will restore all that they have destroyed. This my people in the end time will go forth. As a mighty army they shall sweep over the face of the earth. Now this is from Joel as well as i was at the at this great height i could behold the whole world i watched these people as they were going to and fro over the face of the earth suddenly there was a man in africa and in a moment he was transported by the spirit of god and perhaps he was in russia or china or america or some other place and vice versa all over the world these people went and they came through fire they came through pestilence they came through famine neither fire nor persecution nothing seemed to stop them again that's from Joel the army of the Lord you know we pray that prayer angry mobs came to them with swords and with guns and like Jesus they passed through the multitude and they could not find them but they went forth in the name of the Lord and everywhere they stretched forth their hands the sick were healed the blind blinded eyes were opened there was not a long prayer and after I had reviewed the vision many times in my mind and I thought about it many times I realized that I never saw a church and I never or heard a denomination but these people were going in the name of the Lord of hosts hallelujah as they marched forth in everything they did as they did as a ministry of Christ in the end times see we're not going to belong to man or get comfortable with man telling us we're important but we'll belong to God these people were ministering to the multitudes over the face of the earth tens of thousands even millions seemed to come to the Lord Jesus Christ as these people stood forth and gave the message of the kingdom of the coming kingdom in this last hour it was so glorious but it seems as though there were those that rebelled and they would would become angry they tried to attack the workers who were giving the message God is going to get you see that now you see it when people get up uh, there was a gentleman a, a, a video that I watched on YouTube this man was just preaching the Christ and he was telling people what sin was and, when, and there was a girl that called herself a Christian like Paul and that woman she kept interrupting him no no that's the wrong way to do this see what you're doing is you're condemning people people need love and she kept interrupting him yep yep if I can find it I'll, I'll make it available to you guys but that's a picture of what it's going to be like when you start preaching truth you don't have church people stopping you Miss Clydell we were out ministering 
one time at one of the you know how when we were over on Tofree we'd go out every Sunday your, your mom would stay with me and we we had communion and we were able to talk about the Lord but um, uh, Miss Clydell said that some woman went and reported her to the security guard and the security guard came over and he talked to Miss Clydell and Miss Clydell said he, he was so kind to her and told her he said well ma'am I think what you're doing is good I appreciate it and she said later on she saw the woman again and confronted her and she told the woman she said uh, she said ma'am and the woman said well uh, uh, they were just talking and the woman was still angry with her and, and Miss Clydell said well I'm trying to get people say she said well I'm saved and Clydell said she said, you know what, I thought you were working for the enemy. And told her that. And so, you know, you're going to have people that are working for the devil that think they're, look at the Pharisees. They're so common with church people. God is going to give the world a demonstration. That's what we need. Demonstration in this hour that the world has never known. These men and women are of all walks of life. Degrees will mean nothing. I saw these workers as they were going over the face of the earth. One would stumble and fall. Another would come back and pick him up. Amen. They won't thrust one another. Everybody will walk in his own rank. That's the book of Joel again. There was no big I or little you, but every mountain was brought low and every valley was exalted. And they seemed to have one thing in common. There was divine love. A divine love that seemed to flow forth from these people as they worked together and as they lived together. It was the most glorious sight that I've ever known. Jesus Christ was the theme of their life. They continued and it seemed the days went by as they stood and beheld this sight. I could only cry and sometimes I laughed. It was so wonderful as these people went through the face of the whole earth bringing forth this in the end time. See unity of the church comes when, when Jesus is the center of things. It won't come through people pushing each other to Let's get unified. As I watched from the very heaven itself, there were times when great, when a great deluge of this liquid light would seem to fall upon the great congregations. And that congregation would lift up their hands, seemingly to praise God for hours and even days as the Spirit of God came upon them. God said, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. And that is exactly this thing. To every man and every woman that received this power and the anointing of God, the miracles of God, there was no ending to it. We have talked about miracles. We have talked about signs and wonders. But I could not help but weep as I read again this morning. And and read again this morning at 4 o'clock this morning the letter from our native workers. This is only the evidence of the beginning for one man, a do-nothing and unheard of, who would go and stretch forth his hand and say, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command life to flow into your body. I dropped to my knees and began to pray again. I said, Lord, I know that this time is coming soon. And then again, as these people were going about the face of the earth, a great persecution seemed to come from every angle. Suddenly there was another great clap of thunder that seemed to resound around the world. And I heard again the voice, the voice that seemed to speak, Now this is my people, this is my beloved bride. And when I spoke, and when the voice spoke, I looked upon the earth and I could see the lakes and the mountains. 
the graves were opened and people from all over the world the saints from all ages seemed to be rising and as they rose from the graves suddenly these people came from every direction from the east and the west from the north and the south and they seemed to be forming again this gigantic body as the dead in Christ seemed to be rising first I could hardly comprehend it it was so marvelous it was so far beyond anything I could ever dream of but as this body suddenly began to form and take shape again it took shape again in the form of this mighty giant but this time it was different he was arrayed in the most beautiful gorgeous white its garments were about without spot or wrinkle his body began to form and the people of all ages seemed to be gathering into this body and slowly slowly as it began to form into the very heavens suddenly from the heavens above the Lord Jesus came and became the head and I heard another clap of thunder that said this is my beloved bride for whom I have waited she will come forth even tried by fire this is she that I have loved from the beginning of time as I watched my eyes suddenly turned from the far to the far north and I saw seemingly destruction men and women in anguish and crying out buildings and destruction then I heard again the fourth voice that said now is my wrath being poured out upon the face of the earth from the ends of the whole world the wrath of God seemed to be poured out and it seemed that there were great vials of God's wrath being poured out upon the face of the earth I can remember it as though it happened a moment ago I shook and trembled as I beheld the awful sight of seeing the cities the whole nations coming down to destruction I could hear weeping and wailing I could hear people crying they seemed to cry as they went into caves but the caves and the mountains opened up they leaped into water but the water would not drown them there was nothing that could destroy them they were wanting to take their lives but they couldn't then again I turned my eyes to this glorious sight this body arrayed in beautiful white shining garments slowly slowly it began to lift from the earth and as it did I awoke what a sight I had beheld I had seen the end time ministries the last hour again on July 27th at 2.30 in the morning the same revelation same vision exactly as it did before so then God confirmed this to him twice my life has been changed and I realize that we are living in that end time for all over the world God is anointing men and women with this ministry it will not be doctrine it will not be churchianity it is going to be Jesus Christ they will give forth the word of the Lord and they are going to say I heard it so many times in the vision and according to my word it shall be done amen so that's the vision of uh, uh, amen amen praise God evangelist Tommy Hicks how much time do we have Miss Juana Okay, now this one is uh, uh, Prophet Bob Jones, who I think he passed away in 2012. Um, it's been recently, might have been later than that, maybe 2013 or 14. But this was given by him in 20, 2005. He says, I saw a great man who in the past had fallen asleep. He was lying on his back, half covered in dirt, and his name was Gulliver. Little people from a place of little input 
had completely tied him down and he is waking up from being asleep for the past 38 years we can also call him call him Gulliver the body of Christ Bob saw that the head of this very large man was in Cleveland Ohio in a place called Jacob's Field which is now Progressive Field now Jacob's field was built in 1993 they broke ground in 93 the next thing Bob saw was a large center pole of a tent coming up out of Columbus Ohio this was his heart powerful signs and wonders will come up out of Columbus greater than we've ever seen before that will look like a canopy over the region explosions of miracles and healings will be the hallmark of this city Cincinnati was the place where the reproductive organs were reproducing of the kingdom will be evidenced here in priestly and kingly anointing the left hand of this large man was in Philadelphia Pennsylvania which had teaching and great love in it the right hand extended and came to rest in Indianapolis Indiana it began to flex and the cords that were around it kept it tied down were beginning to snap off like rubber bands the left foot was in Charlotte North Carolina and there was a great television with it so they televised the gospel all around the world the right foot was in Nashville Tennessee where great faith was beginning to rise up this great man finally began to get up breaking off all restraints and planting both his feet in Atlanta Georgia God means to take Ohio then move over to Indianapolis to Illinois a crossing over into the east and finally standing completely upright in Atlanta the Lord told Bob that to take Atlanta meant capturing the whole south the Lord is looking for the body of Christ to keep its head focused in the heavens above not on the earth below and its body fixed on the earth below walking out the kingdom mandate with all convincing demonstrations we need to be reconnected to the head Jesus Christ so we can act out on the earth the strategy of heaven with all power and authority let us grow up in every way spiritual maturity in all things to him who is the head even Christ we as the body must grow up in every way and stay connected to the head even Christ so he somebody did a drawing for him and we printed out this picture of his Bob Jones giant which we believe is the same similar giant and I think this being depicted as being part of America there's probably giants in other areas of the word as well if you believe the Tommy Hicks vision you see this body stretched out over the whole earth so there are probably going to be other centers where revival will break forth God's no respecter of persons but places where people pray will definitely God has access so prayer is what gives him the access that he needs so that he can go forth and do what he wants to do in the earth so I'm going to see if I can find very quickly the Bob Jones prophecy about um, um, let me see see how big this one is Miss Juan if you can turn this other speaker on I think I can get <laughs> yeah like I said Mike yeah Mike 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 alright uh, where is this thing at uh, 
Oh, that one. Oh, okay. Well, wonderful. Well, this is no good. I'm going to have to go on YouTube and get it. I might as well get it from my phone. Um, see if you can grab my phone real quick. Miss Wanda's back there being charged. Sorry about that, gang. I don't have a proper assistant to, you know, <laughs> not that you ever get one to do. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing myself right about now, but I'm looking for it. Yeah, I think I'd rather have my phone. I can find it faster on there. It'll load. I thought I might be able to let you guys watch it because it is a video. But uh, but these are good just to hear. Um, if we don't get them all on tape, Miss Wanda, that's fine. If we don't get them on the end of the tape. If you just want to start up another one, you can. However, let me see. Yeah, it's longer than that. Yeah, it's three of them. So let me see if I can find them. There was one where God gave him a 100 year prophecy where he saw what God would be doing for 100 years in 10 year intervals. And that one was was very timely because then you can gauge where you're at. Praise God. Okay. That's not it. I think these are probably text ones, huh? Yeah, these are the text ones. I don't want those. What's a good thing I didn't? Let me see if I can just go on YouTube and follow. If you want to tape a Miss Wanda, you can, but I'm going to make sure I let everybody hear these. Okay. Um. No, no, I'm I'm getting it, Mr. Gary. Thanks anyway, I'll find it. Trust me. I'm on the hunt. Yeah, like I said, let me turn it out. The Lord has showed you something for each yeah. decade. Can you, yeah. can you expand well, on that? Got it. Uh, years ago, he gave me a, a hundred-year prophecy. The 1950s was revealed the power of God. William Brenham, A. Allen, Oral Roberts, uh, Jack Cole. Uh, the 1960s revealed the Spirit of God. That's when the baptism of the Holy Spirit began to come into denominations. The 1970s was the Word of God. That's when really inspired teachers began to raise up and show us a, a new understanding already of the written Word. The 1980s began to reveal the prophets of God, the inspired uh, 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 
people that get the inspired word. The 1990s, we begin to get a revelation of, of the government of God. The 2000s will be the glory of God. So, uh, a lot of these uh, uh, gold flakes, mm-hmm. gold teeth, everything is beginning to just on the verge of revealing the glory of God. The, uh, the 2010s will reveal uh, uh, the faith of God. It's not how faith in God, it's how the faith of God. And so I think we're coming up to the key point of where we see the Holy Spirit and God moving so much that we believe it. And where our faith is in God. And when He speaks in us, we will proclaim His Word. And it will have the faith of God in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 2020s will reveal the rest of God. To where the body will come into a place of resting in God, where God will rest in us. And in this rest, uh, the enemy will not be able to do warfare. Because we're resting in God, and He's resting in us, and He will accomplish the things He means to do. And the people that's at rest. He's always wanted a people that would come into His rest. There never has been one, but it's on the way. Uh, the, the 2030s will reveal the family of God. Such a unity, if you... If you pick on one, you pick on all. And intercession, or if you're picking on one, intercessors immediately all over come right in. It's the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 2040s reveal the coming forth of the kingdom of God, kingdom authority, kingdom sons, sons of the kingdom. Uh, the 1950s reveal the sons of God. They'll grow into where they uh, uh, have a light on them and a likeness of the Son of God. And I saw up to 2060, that's as far as I saw. And the church was here. It wasn't beat down. It was walking in the glory of God. It had the power of God on it. It had the power over death. It had the power over weather. It had the power over everything. And we're in a time of growing. When I don't know what season it comes in there, but there will come a season in there. In those last, I believe those last uh, uh, 30 years, toward death will have no part over those that are the sons of God. There is a generation that won't know death, and I believe these youth is getting ready. And these youth that's being prepared now, and those that's yet not saved, they won't be afraid of death because they'll go every place in the world. They'll take it. You don't want to be able to stop them. And we know that in the last days that some of these that if you take their lives they have the power to raise it up again and I was seeing that kind of resurrection power in the church in the last days so I don't know when it will begin but I rather felt that it would begin uh, in the 2030s wow praise God amen praise God now that was the prophet Bob Jones let me turn this down Oopsie. Okay. Bye-bye. Let me see. Mm. I think that was the one I wanted to share. It was just that one. I thought it was three, but there were three text messages, written messages, and I think I read those. So, yeah. Yep. So that's that, you know, where he has a timeline on things. It's kind of interesting. 
he used this uh, uh, giant analogy and he talked about the giant having been asleep for 38 years and so I was trying to count him I was counting wrong I said okay God well whatever I'll just put it out there and that's for somebody to receive and get a timeline but I just encourage people to expect the more from God expect more power I think the more we can divorce ourselves from our little petty needs wants and being consumed with what what we need for our personal lives 24-7 and just know God's taking care of that you know it's just it's taking care of amen it's real small in comparison to go ye into all the world so praise God so that's all I had so if anybody needs prayer and come up come up and I'll pray for you father we thank you for prophetic insight we thank you for words of the Lord that are current and relevant that speak to our hearts father we want to be used by you in mighty power and demonstration of the holy spirit so we thank you lord for helping us to stay in line with what you're doing in the earth know that we have a place there know that we have a calling there know that you'll empower us that you equip all that you call you never lean on us to provide our own equipment and we thank you for that father in jesus name that you would be glorified lord in all the earth in jesus name amen and praise god so if anybody needs prayer come on up but we're headed for a glory for a great